How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Final hour of the Fan Afternoon Show today here on Tuesday. It is Sam Schmitz and Adam Roberts with you this afternoon. It is time for Pick a Lane on the Fan Afternoon Show. We are broadcasting live from the Lakeland University studios, offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. And like I mentioned, it is time for Pick a Lane, but it is also time for your chance to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. Listen to the Fan Afternoon Show now through Wednesday, August 3rd, for your chance to win four tickets to the 2022 Wisconsin State Fair going on from Thursday, August 4th through Sunday, August 14th at Wisconsin State Fair Park. Go to wistatefair.com for more details. All right, so here's how it's going to work for today. Like I said, it is time for Pick a Lane. If you want to have a chance to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets, you need to be able to at least talk to me for a couple minutes about what you want to talk about between the Milwaukee Brewers and Green Bay Packers. So before we get into that, let me reset the topics for you and give you your lanes for Pick a Lane here on the Fan Afternoon Show. Our first topic of the day, we're talking about the Milwaukee Brewers and this ever so controversial offense before about a week before the trade deadline. I think that at the end of the day, there's not going to be that guy. You're probably not going to get Juan Soto. There's not a guy really on the trade deadline market that's not going to really put you over the edge when it comes to this Brewers offense. But on top of that, I think it's going to take a couple guys, three to four, to really on this Brewers offense that really is going to make a difference in order for this Brewers team to get back over the edge. And I think it's going to probably take a few guys like Christian Yelich, like Luis Arias, like Colton Wong, just probably three to four guys along with a trade package that's going to make this Brewers offense actually be lethal in the postseason. Because let's be honest, whoever they bring in at the trade deadline, it's probably not going to be enough. So that is our first topic of the day. If you guys want to call in, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. If some of these guys in the Brewers offense get back to their career batting averages, is that just as impactful as the Brewers trading for a bat? That's our first topic. Our second topic is the Green Bay Packers. It is our Kim and Lavoie judgment of the day. And when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, we're talking about this wide receiver core, as always, before the season. But we're also talking about this Packers offensive line unit. And right now, we're asking you guys, which part of the Packers offense concerns you the most going into the season? Wide receivers or the offensive line? 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM the fan. Because I don't think there's really a wrong answer here. You can make a great argument for the wide receiver. You can make a great 
argument for the offensive line group as a whole. And we're not just talking about left tackle or right tackle when it comes to the Green Bay Packers because, as we all know, a couple days ago, unfortunately, David Bakhtiari was placed on the pup list before training camp began. And I got to clarify, I mean, it is not the end-all, be-all. A player has to be on the pup list before training camp begins in order to be activated during training camp. So, David Bakhtiari could be still activated during training camp, and this could all be a bunch of well, we were just being super cautious with him. But at the end of the day, we're nearly two years away from David Bakhtiari suffering an ACL injury. And it's just not like the norm like we've seen the past couple of years with other athletes. And I, I think we all got kind of spoiled after Adrian Peterson had that amazing comeback and won MVP in the NFL after an ACL injury. I think we all got spoiled in thinking that you know medicine and surgeries are, are, are light years ahead from where they once were. And that if you suffer an ACL injury, oh, well, you're probably going to be back within a year and maybe even sooner. But unfortunately, Dave Bakhtiari is still dealing with stuff. And Matt LaFleur, who spoke at Packers Mandatory Minicamp, said that initially he wanted to have Bakhtiari ready for training camp. It looks like we're not there yet. This is what uh, Matt LaFleur, Packers head coach, had to say a couple weeks ago at Packers Mandatory Minicamp. Now, our plan all along was to kind of hold him from this this time of the year and just make sure he's continuing to get stronger and ready to go, hopefully, for training camp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been close. He was out there in a the game, so it just. But it's just part of our process right now. I, we just thought that, yeah. I mean, this is a guy that's played a lot of ball, and um, it's best to, you know, hold him from this this portion of it. So here we are, though. We're yet yeah, tomorrow is the start of Packers training camp, and David Bakhtiari is going to be on the pup list to begin. And like I said, he'd be activated during training camp, and. It could be all all systems go for the regular season, but the fact that we're still dealing with stuff like this, it makes me a little worrisome. On top of that, Elton Jenkins suffered an ACL injury about halfway through the season last year. And based on how recovery went for David Bakhtiari, I'm not banking on anything with Elton Jenkins coming back, you know, being able to contribute a year exactly from his ACL injury and the fact that he'll just be good to go, no worries at all. I can't do it now after what I saw with David Bakhtiari and what we're still dealing with, it looks like. So that's why I give a little hesitation to the offensive line. That's why it kind of worries me probably just as much, if not a little bit more, than the wide receivers going into the season. Because at the end of the day, if you look at the Packers and their playoff results in the last two seasons against the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round, Dave Bakhtiari out, as we all know. And Elton Jenkins suffered the ACL injury, like I said, a couple weeks before the playoffs as well. And that leaves you with Billy Turner at left tackle and Dennis Kelly at right tackle. And for some reason, the Packers decided not to go with Yash Neisman, who I believe in, and who I think is a great Packers offensive lineman. And he can definitely fill the void if Elton Jenkins or Bakhtiari is going to miss some time, if not both of them. I, I trust who the Packers have on this offensive line going into the season. My point is, is if you lose Elton Jenkins, John Runyon, Josh Myers, Dennis Kelly, or not Dennis Kelly, Royce Newman, Cole Van Lannan, or any of the rookies that they drafted and they think they can make an impact, well, if you lose one of those guys on top of waiting for Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari, and potentially going into the playoffs, that makes me very nervous. I'm going to be honest. So that is our second topic here for Pick a Lane today, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AndTheFan. Those are your two topics when it comes to sports. You have the Brewers and the career batting averages and whether or not you think that makes just as big of an impact for this team as trading for a bat. And then your other topic for the Packers is our Kim and the Void judgment of the day. What concerns you the most going into next going into this season? Is it the wide receivers or the offensive line? 414-799-1250. Caller number five today here on the Fan Afternoon Show will have a chance to win four free some, or Wisconsin State Fair tickets. So once again, if you're caller number five, 414-799-1250, 
Want to get you on, want to get your thoughts on some of these topics, and we'll also give you a chance to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets, 414-799-1250, or tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Let's get out to the phone lines. Trav and Brown Deer, you're first in line. Trav, what you got today? Sam, you just, you you guys do a great job. I appreciate and it. You, you too. So I, I'm going to make it quick because I, I, I love your show. And uh, so number one is Brewers. If they get the batting average up, you know, the 280, maybe – with a bet. Number two is without protection, uh, the, the receivers and offensive line, you know, without protection, you know, and, and you got a lot of young receivers. So Rogers is under fire. I think he can make them better, but not right. the chemistry. I, I, I'd like to you. And number three is, uh, so everybody, you know, I'm a big, um, uh, Julio Jones fan, you know. I Me too. Time, but okay, I, I definitely take Antonio Brown out of that situation. But I, I don't know what uh, what they got Sammy for or what. But it could have been maybe the same, you know. Could have been. We'll see, Trav. And once again, if you guys, thanks for your call, Trav. Once again, Julio Jones. If you guys didn't hear earlier in the show, we talked about it. Kind of broke around three thirty today. Julio Jones did sign a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Unfortunately, Tom Brady has another weapon that he can use while they wait for Chris Godwin to make a comeback. So now it'll be Mike Evans, Russell Gage, Julio Jones, and then Chris Godwin later on in the season along with Kyle Rudolph for Tom Brady on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Packers, unfortunately, missed out on Julio Jones. I forgot to mention that. Thank you, Trav. Once again, you feel free to mention. If you want to talk about Julio Jones not signing with the Green Bay Packers, that's always an option for you guys, too. 414-799-1250. Plenty of room for you guys if you want to call in. We do have our winner, though, for the four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. It is Greg in Oak Creek. Greg, thank you for the call, man. Real quick, I'm going to get your thoughts on this, but I also, afterwards, will put you back on hold so Adam can get your info, all right? Perfect. Sounds good. Thank you. What do you want to say about the Brewers here? So, you know, I think if the players that you've mentioned can get back to their, you know, career averages, that will be just fine um, because we've done it in the past with worse pitching. And now we have the pitching, you know, to kind of back that up. But I still think that we're going to need to at least make a, a trade or two. Um, I know that Josh Bell was one of the targets that the, the Brewers are doing. And as you mentioned earlier, Juan Soto isn't going to be in the cards. You know, I don't think we have enough to give up or that we want to even go that route. But, you know, if we can get back even a little bit, you know, get some of the power numbers from Yelich back, um, but I think we got to stop trying to hit so many home runs. So I was at the game last night with my son, and that offense was dreadful until the ninth. You know, it's just hard to watch because everyone's trying to hit the home run. You know, even when you're down two, it's it's. But I think if we can get back to the the batting averages where they were, you know, hit for contact. You know, with this pitching staff, we can definitely make a run. I agree with you. And the thing that you saw, unfortunately, at the Brewer game last night, and I'm sorry. I mean, on the one hand, you got to see a quality start by Aaron Ashby, but yeah, they did get shut out. But unfortunately, another problem for the Brewers is on top of the DNA thing that you talk about, the organizational philosophy on hitting about the home run or nothing, this team, man, they struggle mightily against left-handed pitchers. Unfortunately, Kyle Freeland had a day with this Milwaukee Brewers offense. So I hear you, uh, Greg, and hopefully they can figure it out. But I, I agree with you. It's going to take a couple more guys on top of a bat for this Brewers offense to get back. Greg, once again, congratulations on winning the four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. We'll put you back on hold so Adam can get your info, all right? I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. No problem.
Once again, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AndTheFan. It is time for Pick a Lane here on the Fan Afternoon Show. And once again, Greg is our winner for today for the Wisconsin State Fair tickets, but you can listen to the Fan Afternoon Show now through Wednesday, August 3rd, for your chance to win four tickets to the 2022 Wisconsin State Fair going on from Thursday, August 4th through Sunday, August 14th at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Go to wistatefair.com for more details. So we'll be doing, if you guys unfortunately weren't winners today, there's plenty of time all the way to August 3rd for you guys to win tickets for the Wisconsin State Fair. You can listen to the morning show. They will also be giving away tickets throughout then. You can listen to the fan afternoon show right around this time. We'll be giving Wisconsin State Fair tickets away until August 3rd. But getting back to pick a lane, 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Greg brings up brings up some good points. It's kind of what I've been preaching is that, yeah, it would be great to get a Juan Soto, a guy like that. That is the closest thing. That is probably even better than whoever the top bat you want to name from last year's trade deadline. He's probably better than Trey Turner at this age. And the fact that he won the World Series with Trey Turner and clearly made a bigger impact during that playoff run. But you're probably not going to get a Juan Soto. And if you get a guy like Greg mentioned, Josh Bell has been probably the more realistic option that's been floated around for the Milwaukee Brewers before the trade deadline from the Washington Nationals as well. Former Pirate first baseman. Probably could play some DH and you know take time away from Rowdy Tellez, but definitely he's in a contract year, Josh Bell, so he will be motivated to have one of, if not the best seasons of his career. So Josh Bell would be an option for sure. But you got to ask yourself, if you bring in a guy like Josh Bell, if you bring in a guy like Andrew Benatendi, if you bring in a guy like Ramon Laureano, who have all been all floated around as possibilities for this Brewers offense, is that enough to put fear in the other team in the playoffs? Is that enough to persuade you that this Brewers offense can win series in the playoffs, not just get into the playoffs like they have been these past couple of years and consecutively. It's time to actually win series. It's time to actually make a run at a World Series and win a championship because you have a limited window with Josh Hader, Corbin Burns, and Brandon Woodruff before they get deals. I mean, you only have really after this year one more year of Josh Hader before you got to make a decision on him. You have about two more years of arbitration after this year for Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. So here's your window now to win a World Series. And in, it was kind of cute. I loved it as a Brewer fan, you know, getting into the playoffs after that long drought, especially with CC Sabathia, Ryan Braun, and Prince Fielder. And now we have this great, you know, time in the golden, almost the golden age of Brewers baseball with Craig Council as tenure and manager of the Milwaukee Brewers that we have all these years now of consecutive appearances in the playoffs. And we've been legitimate threats to, to an extent with this pitching staff. But as we've seen some of these past couple playoff runs, other teams have just as good as pitching staffs to rival what the Brewers have, especially when you get into the playoffs. I think we all kind of underestimated the Atlanta Braves pitching staff last year with Max Fried, Ian Anderson, Charlie Morton. And on top of that, you had guys like A.J. Minter, Matzik in the bullpen as well. Guys you didn't know, but ended up performing just as good, if not better than the Brewers pitching staff in the playoffs last year. So you got to ask yourself, if you bring in that guy like a Josh Bell, like a Ramon Laureano, like an Andrew Benatendi, is that going to be good enough to put this Brewers offense over the edge? I think it's going to have to be that. You're going to have to bring it in a bat, and a lot of these guys are going to have to get back to their career batting averages. 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AndTheFan. I brought up some of the numbers beforehand, and pretty much everybody in this Brewers lineup, no surprise, is underperforming their career batting average. And I know batting average isn't the end-all, be-all anymore. A lot of people, all the nerds, want to tell you to look at OPS and stuff like that, and some of these stats that just look like a math equation more than a statistic. But batting averages, if I, if I tell you a batting average, you know what I'm talking about. And we can all universally talk this language. 
we'll start with Christian Yelich. He's a 250 hitter this season. Career-wise, he's a 288 hitter. It's not really that far off from what we can hope for. That's Miami Marlins silver slugger Christian Yelich. So even if you can get to like, you know, 270 for Christian Yelich, that's, that's going to mean a lot for this Brewers offense if you bring in somebody else. Willie Adamas. We all love Willie Adamas, but he's batting 218 this year. He's hitting a bunch of home runs, but he's just not getting on base as often as he was as a Milwaukee Brewer last year. With the Brewers last year, Willie Adamas was hitting about 285. This year, or through his career, Willie Adamas is a career 255 hitter. Once again, he's batting 218 this year. So Willie Adamas is going to probably have to step up too. Andrew McCutcheon, I don't really know what more you can expect from him. I feel like you're getting a pretty good production sample out of him, but even he's underperforming than his career batting average. It's only 279. When I when I tell you, what do you think Andrew McCutcheon's career batting average was? With the MVP, with how good he was, one of the, being the best players at the time as a Pittsburgh Pirate, you probably would have said closer to 300, but it's a 279 average. So Andrew McCutcheon batting 255 this year. I mean, there's room for improvement even with him, as good as he's been this year at, at the age that he is. Hunter Renfro is the only guy in this Brewers lineup from yesterday that is overperforming his career numbers. Hunter Renfro is batting 252 this year, but career-wise, he's a 238 hitter. But I will say this, Hunter Renfro is very underperforming along with Andrew McCutcheon against left-handed pitchers, which is really handicapping the Brewers' offense as well. Hunter Renfro is batting 222 against lefties this year. Andrew McCutcheon is batting about 230 against lefties. So not only is there room for improvement with both those guys, but especially against lefties, the, guy, the thing that you brought these guys pretty much on this team to do is hit against left-handed pitching, which they're kind of not really, unfortunately. Christian Yelich, among qualified hitters, is your best hitter against lefties. A, left, a left-handed pit, uh, hitter is your best option against left-handed pitching. Doesn't make sense. Just like Keston Hira, how he can't hit against left-handed pitching. But 414-799-1250, pretty much everybody else in this Brewers lineup is underperforming. The only guys, aside from Renfro, that are overperforming is Jace Peterson and Mike Brasso from their career numbers. So on top of bringing in a bat, it's going to take more from within this one team to put this Brewers offense over the edge. 414-799-1250. Let's get out to the phone lines. Well, we heard from Travin Brown Deer. It's time for Notebook Mike. What's up, man? Hey, guys, when you do your mock draft, I'll get to the backers after this. You got them notebooks out? You know, I usually do, but I see why I Rami do. struggled the way he did because, uh, you know, doing the show, like hosting and all that, there's a lot going on. I don't got as much time as oh, I did. I agree, yeah. So for me, it's a little harder, but Adam had a board. But, you know, Evan has enough. I texted Evan like early in the afternoon. He's got enough time to come up with some ideas. So I'm pretty much the only one that hasn't. Okay. Uh as far as this mock draft you had today, yeah, who had Klondike Bar? I did. Yeah, that's uh, no. Yeah, it's not the greatest. I grew up with, uh, hold on, I grew up with cotton candy trucks and ice cream. Right. There was no Klondike. I get it. I mean, it's not the best pick, but that's why I took it in like the second or third round. Okay. So, I get it. I get it. I, I see where you're coming from. That. What did you want to say about the Packers, Mike? Well, real quick, I wanted to say... Uh, Great America used to have a popsicle that was a carrot. All right. Those were good. Okay. Understand. Okay, what, what, ask me something now. What do you want to say about the Packers, man? Uh, you ever see Hoosiers? Receivers worry you more than the offensive line? Just that's my team. They're all on the field. I don't know how you can differentiate. Big gotcha. word there. And uh, one last question. Did you know Bart is doing Zach Gelb? 
I do. And uh, after the end of our show, after this hour, you will be able to hear Bart Winkler on the Zach Gelb show at 6 o'clock, yeah. Well, you know why I know? Why's that? Because he said it 15 times. Yeah, I don't blame him. If I did a national show, I'd be doing the same thing. I wouldn't, you could, you would have to make me shut up about it. (laughs) But really quick, I don't buy, they sent a helicopter to the studio. But you guys were there, you would have saw it. And then took a PJ. Gotcha. Mike, appreciate the phone call, and I'm sure we'll hear from you. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right. Yeah, you will. Okay. All right. Take it easy. Oh, sorry. That was Notebook Mike. Once again, time for you guys still during Pickle Lane before we have about a half hour before the show ends, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. I want to remind you guys this portion of the afternoon show brought to you by News Nation. There's a News Nation exclusive tonight, the Chris Cuomo sit-down with Dan Abrams in his first television interview since leaving CNN, the Chris Cuomo exclusive on Dan Abrams Live tonight, 9 to 8 Central. On News Nation, go to newsnationnow.com slash join us to find News Nation on your television provider. Also, never miss a moment on the fan with the free Odyssey app. You can download the Fan Afternoon Show and listen whenever and wherever works best for you. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. We'll talk a couple more minutes here with you about the Packers and Brewers. If you guys want to chime in, 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250 in the fan. We'll take your guys' calls and more next here on the Fan Afternoon Show. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. Final half hour here before we wrap up today. Sam Schmitz, along with Adam Roberts, in with you this afternoon. Talking Packers and Brewers, it is time for Pick a Lane here on 1250 AM. The Fan, time for you guys to call if you want to join the show, 414-799-1250, or tweet us at 1250 AM. The Fan. Once again, this portion of the afternoon show brought to you by News Nation. The News Nation exclusive tonight, Chris Cuomo sits down with Dan Abrams in his first television interview since leaving CNN. Chris Cuomo exclusive on Dan Abrams Live tonight at 9 to 8 Central. 
on News Nation. Go to newsnationnow.com slash join us to find News Nation on your television provider. Also, I want to tell you guys about an Odyssey podcast, Unwritten. Dive into the history and culture of baseball's unofficial rulebook with Unwritten, a new podcast hosted by former players Ron Darling and Jimmy Rollins. Unwritten looks at all the secret and not-so-secret guidelines that big leaguers follow while playing the game. Ron and Jimmy give you the player's perspective on bad flips, beanballs, brawls, and more. Download Unwritten on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is time for Pick a Lane. A couple more minutes for you guys here to talk Packers. Asking you guys 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. We asked you guys, it's our Kim and LaVoy Judgment Day. What concerns you more going into the season for the Green Bay Packers on offense? Is it the wide receivers or is it the offensive line? And I've been kind of talking about it. I mean, for me, I think at the end of the day, if I had to say, I think the initial reaction without even thinking is you, you want to say wide receivers. But my my answer would probably be a little, I'd probably give the edge to offensive line, even though you can make an argument for both. I don't think you can really go wrong. We had a caller calling a couple minutes ago, and he said wide receivers, but like 1A would be the offensive line. So I get it. Once again, 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250 in the fan. Mike tweets in. He says, offensive line, and it's not even close. They had Adams in the playoffs and couldn't score because the O-line was garbage. The Packers signed Jones, which wide, which wide receiver doesn't play this year. Cobb, Lazard, Watkins, Dubs, or Watson. Already five deep on receivers who need playing time. And that's, that's a point that you could make, too, if, if the wide receivers concern you more. I get it. Because at the end of the day, it's going to probably take probably a few weeks before Christian Watson ends up making an impact that you, would, you were expecting for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you look at all these top rookie wide receivers from the past couple of years, in the NFL, even the best of them, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, those two stud LSU wide receivers, took Justin Jefferson until about week three to really make an impact and get his first first touchdown in the NFL. And then Jamar Chase, it's kind of it's kind of funny when we look back at it now. The first couple of weeks, he was still dealing with like drop issues that he was dealing with in the preseason, like kind of carried over for the first couple of weeks. And then we're talking about, oh, can he can he only catch the NCAA football and all that, but. Now we all know Jamar Chase is a top five, if not top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. So all I'm saying is that with Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs and some of these guys, I believe in them. I think they'll make an impact. I still would have liked to have Devontae Adams at the end of the day, but I think Watson and Dubs can be those guys that you're hoping for, along with Adam, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Sammy Watkins, if he can stay healthy. But at the end of the day, these guys are getting thrown into a situation that's kind of unprecedented when you think about it in Packers history, because... We were talking about it earlier in the show, but I got to remind you guys, I mean, a lot of people want to bring up when we drafted Greg Jennings, when we drafted Jordy Nelson, when we drafted Randall Cobb, when we drafted Devontae Adams in the second round, the Green Bay Packers. And all those guys, unlike Christian Watson and some of these other Packer rookie wide receivers this season, they don't have a Donald Driver in front of Greg Jennings. They don't have a Greg Jennings and Donald Driver in front of Jordy Nelson. They don't have a, you know, even for Randall Cobb too, but they don't even have like a Jordy Nelson in front of Devontae Adams when he first got drafted to kind of take the pressure off and kind of let these guys figure out the NFL while still making an impact for the team. It's unlike what we're going to be, what the Green Bay Packers are going to be throwing in Christian Watson to begin the season. They're expecting Christian Watson to be a number one wide receiver on this team, if not make an impact right away. So he doesn't have, unlike Jordy Jennings, Devontae, Randall Cobb, all those guys that you talk about in the second round that were drafted by the Green Bay Packers, those guys all had time. They all had, you know, they all had a veteran to show them the way before they actually started making an impact for the Green Bay Packers. So 
going to be interesting. That's why if you want to talk about the wide receivers, why they scare you, not scare you, but worry you just a little bit going into the season. I get it. Because on top of the rookie wide receivers, I mean, now you're asking Alan Lazard to be your number one wide receiver. Who I like Alan Lazard, but let's be honest, when I say that they're putting Alan Lazard in the same situation that they did with Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver back in the day, I saw a lot of people hoping that Alan, Alan Lazard can be number one on the Packer depth chart. But I'm sorry, he's not in that same class. He's a great number three, you know, number four wide receiver on any team, I think. But he's he's still just trying to break the stereotype of Alan Lazard just being a blocking wide receiver who can occasionally give you some big catches here and there. So he's not a polished route runner like Devontae Adams was, but I think Alan Lazard's a good wide receiver. He's just not number one. That's all I'm saying. A 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 in the fan. It's one of your lanes for pick a lane. Also with the Milwaukee Brewers, we were talking about whether or not trading just one guy is enough to really put this Brewers offense and make them a threat in the postseason on top of complimenting their great pitching staff, when it be, whether it be the starters or the bullpen. But on top of that, I don't think there's really a guy out there that the Brewers will actually legit have a chance when it comes to making an impact on this Brewers lineup. I think bringing in a bat will help, but I don't think it's a solution based on the market and who the guys are out there that you have available. Josh Bell, Andrew Benatendi, Ramon Laureano. Those are guys that you're probably looking at. I know everybody wants to get crazy and think about Juan Soto, but I just don't see it. I don't think the Brewers have a good enough farm system and prospect package to go get Juan Soto. So if you bring in a Bell, a Loriano, a Benatendi, is that enough to make an impact? I say it helps, but it's not enough. It's going to have to take a couple guys on this Brewers offense that are going to have to be even better than what they're performing this year. It could be a combination. It could be, you know, the entire team. But I think it boils down to probably three to four guys now. Who it is exactly? I'm not 100% sure. I think it obviously starts with Christian Yelich, who's been doing better in the leadoff spot. But there's still plenty of room for him to grow and make even a bigger impact on this team. And it all starts with that clutch hit that we've all been waiting for, especially Tim Allen, who'll be hosting the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show tonight. It all starts with... Christian Yelich making an impact on a game late in the game in the eighth or ninth inning and driving in a go-ahead run and getting American Family feel crazy. But all I'm saying is he can get closer to his career batting average, and that'll still make just as big of an impact, too, for this offense. It'll go miles for this team. Christian Yelich right now batting 250 on the season. His career is a 288 average. I bet if I told you, you know, what if I asked you what Christian Yelich's career batting average was based on the batting titles and stuff like that, even with the down years, you'd probably say, a 290, 295 hitter, but it's 288. So there's there's plenty of room for Yelts to get close to that, and that would make a huge impact on this team. If you also have a guy like Willie Adamas step up too, who I know is hitting home runs, and he's still a fan favorite here, but I think he deserves a little bit of criticism for having a 218 average right now. Career-wise, he's a 255 hitter, so there's clearly a lot of a lot of room for him to get back to his career norm. But with the Milwaukee Brewers last year, he was about a 280 hitter. So I just wonder where that went for Willie Adamas, and hopefully if he can get closer to that, that's going to be huge for this Brews offense. If, if you also bring in a guy and a couple other guys can get hot in this Brews offense and get back to just who they are. So that's your other lane for pick a lane when it comes to the Milwaukee Brewers, 414-799-1250, or tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. And finally, kind of forgot about it because it happened so early in the show, but it has to do with the Green Bay Packers, but unfortunately Julio Jones did sign a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We still are waiting for the number on the one-year deal, but 
I assume at this point it's probably going to be close to like a vet minimum contract. But Julio Jones is going to pair with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Russell Gage, and Chris Godwin once he gets healthy down there in Tampa Bay. And I know I was talking about it before. I'm usually a Julio Jones truther back in the day when he was an Atlanta, an Atlanta Falcon, whether or not he was better than Antonio Brown at the time when they were both running the NFL at the, at the wide receiver position. But even I got to admit, like last year, Julio Jones just couldn't stay healthy, couldn't get on the field. On top of that, couldn't connect with Ryan Tannehill in one year. And you saw what the trade market was last year for Julio Jones. Nobody was really coming knocking and being kicking doors down and stuff like that for Julio Jones. And I think a lot of teams were proven right at the end of the day when it comes to what they thought about Julio Jones and where he's at in his career. But he's going with Tom Brady, who it doesn't matter how old guys are in their careers. Tom Brady will find a way to get that guy the ball. And Julio Jones, I don't think he is that field, deep field threat that he still was back in the day. But I think Julio Jones will certainly be a great red zone target for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It would definitely be a good body to have that you don't have to rely to be your number one or number two wide receiver. Julio Jones will be just scratching for playing time, especially when Chris Godwin comes back from the ACL injury. But man, I mean, if anything, you just wanted to keep Julio Jones away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I know a lot of Packers fans were hoping that Julio Jones wouldn't be your answer, but I know a lot of Packers fans were thinking that Julio Jones definitely could have definitely helped these rookie wide receivers show them the ropes a little bit like Randall Cobb is probably doing right now. But I don't know, man. It's just tricky. It just kind of frustrates me a little bit more too that he didn't even go to, like everybody was expecting Julio Jones to probably go, if not the Buccaneers, to the Indianapolis Colts to go pair back with, with Matt Ryan. Which kind of makes sense. I mean, Indianapolis Colts got Michael Pittman Jr. and a couple other threats, but Julio Jones is just, at this point in his career, he's going to be an add-on piece and just something to help you depth-wise and a red zone target at the end of the day. I think at the end of the day, like week to week, you're probably going to get like three catches, maybe like 35 yards and a touchdown from Julio Jones. That's kind of where I see Julio Jones at this point in his career, but the Packers definitely could have used that too. Even if you just give them the minimum amount of money, which I'm sure the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to do because they're pretty much paying every other guy in the NFL that wants to ring chase. So I'm sure they're doing the same thing with Julio Jones once we figure out the contract details. But I know a lot, it just rubs a lot of Packers fans wrong when I say Julio Jones is going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after we saw what happened with Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski on those teams a couple years ago against the Green Bay Packers. It's just interesting to talk about. So those are your three options for pick a lane, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM the fan. We also have a poll up for our Green Bay Packers. Kim and Lavoie, judgment of the day, what concerns you the most, the offensive line or the wide receivers going into next season? Right now, the poll currently at 54% wide receiver, offensive line, 45%. When we initially put that poll up, it was kind of a runaway with the wide receivers, but now it's a little closer with the offensive line. And I think that kind of speaks to what I actually think about this question. I think at the end of the day, you could probably make a strong argument that argument that it is the wide receivers that are the biggest concern going into next year. But I can make a pretty good argument about the offensive line and how Bakhtiari we're still dealing looks like we're still dealing with injury stuff and they're still being cautious with him, despite the fact that we're going into almost year two of Dave Bakhtiari recovering from an ACL injury. I know it happened in like the last week of the twenty twenty two of the twenty twenty season, but at the end of the day, I mean, based on how athletes and all that recover from ACL injuries. The fact that we're still dealing with stuff like this with David Bakhtiari after he only played one regular season game last year, like it's, it's 
to me, it's worrisome. I don't worry about anybody else in that pup list for the Green Bay Packers, but I did not want to see David Bakhtiari on there, and unfortunately he is. So we'll talk about this and more. Also, Devontae Adams had some comments about Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers that he kind of backpedaled a little bit. We'll hear from him. A little. A little bit, more like a lot. Uh, We will talk about that and more. We'll do some news and notes in the final segment of the Fan Afternoon Show. Sam Schmitz, Adam Roberts here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Final segment of the Fan Afternoon Show here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sam Schmitz and Adam Roberts in this afternoon. Talking Green Bay Packers, Julio Jones to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Milwaukee Brewers as well as tonight. The Brewers start a two-game series against the Minnesota Twins. And after the last pitch, make sure to make the switch to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show with Tim Allen. I'll be on with him t- tonight as well. So a lot of Brewers content for you. But a couple more minutes here before we wrap things up. Devontae Adams, about a couple weeks ago, not a couple days ago, he was talking with Josina Anderson and Brian McFadden on CBS Sports HQ, talking about going from Derek Carr to or going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. And this is what uh, Devontae Adams had to say as far as the transition from both quarterbacks. I mean, anytime you change quarterbacks from, you know, a Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, you go, you know, Stabler to, to Rich Gannon or whoever you go to, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. And, you know, both are, are great players and, and great to be around. So I'm just enjoying that process and, and getting better myself, you know, trying to do as much as I can to, to help these guys go out there and win as many games as we can. Hmm. And uh, when I watched the video, too, it's kind of funny when he says you go from one Hall of Famer to one Hall of Famer, Jocena Anderson just kind of looks at the camera like, did you hear that? <laughs> She's got a knack for those sound bites that she knows. Yep, we're going to be talking about this for the next couple of days. Yep. And look, man, I get, you know, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, they played in college and all that. And like at the end of the day, that's that's Devontae Adams guy aside from Aaron Rodgers. And he he feels like he needs to defend him and stuff like that. But What's happening with, with, with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, and then what's also happening with Tua Tungavailoa and Tyreek Hill, you can defend your guys. That's totally fine, but you don't have to, like, go to war for them, if that makes sense. You know, I mean, Tua Tungavailoa, we played it a long time ago, a couple weeks ago on the, on the, fan after, on, on the Rami show at the time, but Tyreek Hill was talking about how he thought, like, Tua Tungavailoa was more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. And he was like, I like it in the breadbasket when I'm catching the ball. You know, Aaron, Mahomes got you know, a bigger arm and all that, but I think Tua Tungavailoa is more accurate. Well, you know, he was like, I like it when uh, the quarterback drops in the breadbasket like they did against the Buffalo Bills in that playoff game. Well, you know who threw you that ball in the breadbasket? It was Patrick Mahomes. Let's be honest. We all know if Tungavailoa has Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to throw to, he's not going to be as good as Patrick Mahomes. I don't think I'm, I think it's a hot take. If anything, that's a, you know, very cold take. But, it's just weird how, like, I know that these wide receivers, they have to defend their new quarterbacks, but it's like they're going overboard when it comes to actually defending them. Like, Derek Carr, he could have just said that Devontae Adams, or Devontae Adams just could have said about Derek Carr that, yeah, I'm going from Aaron Rodgers, the backpack MVP, and I'm, I'm teaming up with my guy that I played in college with. That's all he had to say, really. He doesn't have to say, he doesn't need to say this. He's going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. I thought that was a little too much by Devontae Adams. I see where he's coming from, but I know a lot of people when they heard Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer that that was completely unexpected. <laughs> Josina Anderson and Brian McFadden thought the same thing when they heard Devontae Adams say that at Raiders training camp. But Devontae Adams yesterday decided to kind of walk back or clarify what he said about going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. Let's, let, me, let me say this just so this can be everywhere as well. Um, 
and being a rapper is is very vital. I say one of the you gotta have the bars, obviously. You know you gotta have the bars. You gotta have the lines gotta be there. But a very, very vital and critical piece of being a rapper is the delivery, right? I wasn't a great rapper the other day. What I'm not gonna do is take away from that statement because why 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 is Derek not a, a Hall of Famer, you know? But what I what I meant, I left one key word out of there because that's not exactly what I meant, but I do think that Derek's career is Hall of Fame worthy. And and why not? I mean, you know, people can can say that about this guy, that guy. What I would say is, does he have the the MVPs right now? You know, no. Does he has he won a Super Bowl? Not yet. You know, that's obviously what we're what we're chasing. But what I meant to say was, even if you go Hall of if you go even Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, it's an adjustment. You know, I meant like even if it is Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, there's going to be an adjustment. I wasn't saying Hall of Famer Aaron to Hall of Famer Derek. So I'm not retracting my statement at all. <laughs> okay, so I understand, and I think we all understood when Devontae Adams when we first heard his first comment about there's always an adjustment going from one quarterback to another. But the fact, and he, I agree, it, it was the delivery that Devontae Adams kind of threw people off guard when he said Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer when it comes to Aaron Rodgers to Devontae, or Derek Carr, which we know Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr, not really on the same planet. Derek Carr is a good quarterback. And I think he's been kind of held back by some bad teams, bad coaches and stuff like that. And I think he's certainly going to show a lot of people that he's probably better than what you assumed. Don't tell Rami, but I think Rami has Derek Carr better than Josh Allen. So, I don't know. I just thought that was I, – I always like to poke fun at Rami's quarterback list, which I think is just absurd. But the fact that in that last quote by Devontae Adams, he still said he thinks Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer. I get it. That's your boy. You got to defend him. But my point is, you don't have to say that he's a Hall of Famer because you know what's going to happen. You know you're going to get the backlash and stuff like that. You know you're going to get shows like this and across all of America to say, he thinks Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer? I know what Devontae Adams is trying to say. Like, that's his guy, and he thinks he's almost just as good as any other quarterback in the league. But you don't have to say Hall of Famer. You can just say, you know, I think Derek Carr has the potential to be one of, if not the best quarterbacks in the league. Hall of Famer, we all know what that means. We all know what that implies, and nobody's ever thought Hall of Famer and Derek Carr in the same sentence. That being said, there was a conversation after Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl this year with the Rams. I remember that week after, the conversation was, is he now a Hall of Famer? Well, So is all it takes a Super Bowl championship? Because if that's the case and Carr does it, are we going to start hearing the same conversation the week after the Super Bowl then? I think winning a Super Bowl like Matthew Stafford did definitely starts some chatter because I think you clearly heard the debate weeks after Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl this past season with the L.A. Rams. You clearly had people saying, I think he is. I don't think he is. But we're we, guilty of it. We did it on the big show. I'm not saying Derek Carr is not a good quarterback. I've always thought Matthew Stafford was a good quarterback because he was just held back. He had Calvin Johnson, but at the end of the day, he was held back by bad defenses and stuff like that that didn't allow him to win or ever get in the playoffs again, aside from the one appearance. I think Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback. I think it definitely, you can make an argument numbers-wise and all that, that Matthew Stafford should be a Hall of Famer. And I like Matthew Stafford a lot. I think he's definitely a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Where he ranks exactly, I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to make a list. But at the end of the day, I don't think Matthew Stafford's a Hall of Famer. I think if he wins another one, then I think we definitely got to actually, I think you could really convince me that he's a Hall of Famer. But the fact that I'm standing up for Matthew Stafford, despite winning a Super Bowl, I think just the numbers, when you bring up the numbers, especially in the passing yards and stuff like that and the attempts and stuff like that, 
I think you got to just realize that we're in a completely different era of football, and those numbers are kind of like inflated at the end of the day compared to what other quarterbacks back in the day were playing with and the systems that they were. So that's kind of why Matthew Stafford, he definitely, when you just, when you don't give that context and you just talk about, you compare him to any other quarterback back in the day, I can see you making an argument for Matthew Stafford, but I just don't think that he's there yet. I think he's knocking on the door. So, Sam, real quick, I know we're nearing the end of the show, but I was just seeing something on Twitter, speaking of inflated numbers. So, as we know, the Packers and Giants will be playing in London this year. And today, tickets for that game went on sale for people to buy and catch them up and go over to watch the team play in England. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently, uh, it did not go very smoothly. I heard something about so what, I've got I, the summary right here in front of me, go ahead. and this is courtesy of Dari Karger, covers the Packers for 24-7 Sports. Sorry if I butchered the last name. Apparently, the Ticketmaster queue was supposed to open at 9.30. Fans get in, get in line. It's first come, first served. The queue opened at 8 a.m. So if you joined at 9.30, you were already an hour and a half behind Jeez. with hundreds of thousands of other people. Oh, man. Then... The resale prices are selling for about 2,300 English pounds. So, yeah, if you had plans to go and see the Packers Man. play in London, RIP in pieces to those dreams. You know damn well, too, that so many people had that London game circled on their calendars. And the fact that that happened, and that's probably not going to become a reality, and it's going to be that much harder for them to get those tickets and pay much more than they already had probably planned to get the tickets and travel over there. And probably grab a hotel and grab food and stuff like that and all that. Oh my goodness. That's, they need to, like, I know they probably can't because the sales are official, but they mm -hmm. need to just reset that thing and be like, hey, we're sorry. That's on us. Here's but another shot for you to win, you know, get tickets and all that because I'm sorry. Packers fans deserve to have a fair shot and like not have the, these little mix ups to get tickets over in England. In a perfect world, it would happen, but it's Ticketmaster. So yeah. of course it won't be. And you're going to try, you're probably pay like 50 bucks for the ticket fee as well. Uh, it's just yeah. I don't understand. It just drives me crazy. Sorry, fans. But that'll do it for today's afternoon show. We'll talk more Packers as training camp kicks off tomorrow. Lots of Packers talk tomorrow. Also, we'll keep you company while the Brewers and Twins do battle in their series finale. So make sure to turn those TVs down, the radio up. We'll also talk with Tim Allen as well as the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show starts tonight after the last pitch. Make the switch. We'll also talk with him afterwards during the afternoon after game two. For Sam Schmitz and Adam Roberts... We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good rest of the day. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.